0: wow that's like the weirdest thing ever so I untangled the ribbon and I walked along with this helium balloon that's got a tiger pattern on it and I walked all the way carrying this balloon and brought it home again with me and I thought that is so amazing and I thought I'm Winnie the Pooh
1: whoever said life is short wasn't trying hard enough Welcome to Dead Set on Living, a
0: lifestyle podcast that takes you off the beaten path of health and wellness and highlights unique
1: ways to live a longer, stronger, and more fulfilling life.
0: Now, here's your badass host who raced Usain Bolt and won, Lynn Bravo. Welcome to another episode of Dead Set on Living. I'm your host, Lynn Bravo. I'm very excited today to have with me here Sharon Cook. I've known for Sharon for 25 years, and uh, she specializes in energy research pertaining to the self in both your personal life and professional environment. Sharon has over 25 years experience in metaphysics, holistic counseling, Applied Kinesiology, Whole Brain Development, Emotional and Physical Connection. So as I mentioned, I, I met Sharon about 25 years ago when she was doing a lecture in Burlington and I was fascinated by uh, her knowledge in in energy and personal research. Throughout that time, these last 25 years, she's assisted me in exploring and uncovering my personal truths so I'm able to live a more fulfilling productive, happy life. So Sharon, can you tell us a bit about your background in personal research and how you work with your clients?
1: I started doing this because I just found it very intriguing learning more and more about myself and realizing so often most of our lives we're conditioned to be a certain type when really we steer far away from our authentic selves. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what personal research is all about. It's simply about researching yourself, getting to know you, allowing yourself and embracing your authentic self Mm -hmm. and releasing the need to continue to be conditioned by perhaps your upbringing or society and just getting back to your truth and knowing how to balance who you are and allow yourself to be that person
0: i feel like when you're a child and you're growing up your belief system is shaped by your parents and Mm -hmm. and later on maybe more so by friends and and so on so by the time you become an adult You really haven't had the opportunity to understand or learn about who you are. You're operating from a place where you've been conditioned, like you said, by other people in your life. So as an adult, then working with someone like yourself, that helps us to sort of unfold who we really are and what our true belief system should be to to satisfy who we are as a person. Is that...
1: Right? Mm -hmm, Exactly. By coming to terms with who you are innately, you really start to see how far you've steered away from yourself. And lots of times we've squashed ourselves. And I I think something you hear people say all the time is that they don't fit. Mm -hmm. They feel like they don't belong. That's not uncommon. And that's life telling you, you don't belong and you don't fit because you're actually not being who you are. Mm -hmm. And by just researching how You were raised what your relationship was like in your family viewing how your parents relationships are or even just the views of society you start to see well that's not really who i am that's who i've just allowed myself to believe i am Mm -hmm. and this brings you back to that truth again.
0: I see. Yeah. I remember when when I went to university, I was really, really good in maths and sciences. And my parents never really pressured me to get into maths and sciences, but society I think did. I felt, you know, oh if I'm so good in maths and science, I should do something that's related to that. And I went to Guelph University and was in science and so on. And and then it just failed. Like I actually failed that term. And then I didn't know what to do. And, and it, that's sort of a good example where, you know, we may be doing things for the wrong reasons. And it wasn't until I actually worked for a, about a year and then took time to get to know myself better that I realized that I have a really creative, strong side. And although I am I enjoy the sciences, I needed something way more creative. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, that's a good point. I like when you say how you that you say you failed miserably. And, and weren't happy doing what you had thought was the right choice for you. Because that's life's way of telling you you're in the wrong place. Yes. And so lots of times when we think things are going terribly wrong, it's life attempting to help us redirect and get to where what would be right. Because if it just went along fine, you could be miserable. But if things are turning out well, you'll think, well, you know, I should make it work. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I guess it is what I'm supposed to be doing. But life does help you by challenging you, setting up obstacles, failures, so to speak, to steer you in the right direction.
0: And I think I remember you saying that, that they start out like whispers. It may mm-hmm. be small things that happen. Mm-hmm. Do you want to sort of elaborate? Because I, I feel like, you know, some, we just don't listen sometimes.
1: Life will send you little things like perhaps uh, certain things just don't work out very well, but you can still turn them around and you can convince yourself, well, I'll try harder, or I'll work harder, or I'll be more positive. It'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And so we go into an element, rather than allowing, we start to force things. Well, then more and more things will start to escalate and more things will not go right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you were in a study, you might show up on the wrong day for your exam. Silly things like that, that are constantly not permitting you to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I actually love it when the situations that you start to attract really begin to get silly and absurd. Because then I say (laughs) to people, once it gets to that absurd level you gotta go, <laughs> <Like> <laughs> right? you gotta move. Because now you can see how insane it's getting because all the other sort of practical obstacles aren't weren't getting your attention.
0: I'm gonna use the example of being stressed. Like if you don't deal with stress in your life, Things start happening, perhaps health-wise, right? Mm-hmm. So you you may start having trouble sleeping, or you may have some sort of somewhat innocuous health issues. But mm-hmm. then, if you really just don't listen and you don't change, it can develop into a, an illness or even a very serious illness.
1: Once it gets really in your physical life, it's like the buck stops here mm-hmm. because you get those whispers, uh, your intuitive, you know, your inner voice that are telling you long before that. Then your emotion starts to get a little out of whack. Then your mental side starts to be affected so when it shows up in your physical life whether it's in your body in the form of an illness or mm-hmm. discomfort and, it, and then it starts showing up in your physical life. Mm-hmm. Things start breaking down. Your car, things go wrong in your home. The relationships in your life start mirroring back the same thing. Well, then you really know life is screaming at you. Yes,
0: right, right. Which is you
1: screaming at you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My father passed away when I was 27, and I got some counseling and, and had some therapy and things to sort of help me move through that. And I had a, a child, and then I ended up getting separated and then divorced. And throughout those first few years, in my thirties, I sought help from different kinds of counselors and people in in my life that would help me. But it wasn't really until I met you that things really started to shift for me. And I feel like part of it. I can maybe explain it like uh, you know, if you if you're an archaeologist and you're using a, a thin, small brush to try and brush your way to expose what you're found found in the earth, it felt like such a slow process. And it was more like talk therapy and I, I found like I just wasn't progressing or moving forward. And then when I met you and started having some sessions with you, it was like, you know, someone took a big brush and brushed it all off all at once. And I could see right away. I think everyone who I know who's seen you and, and worked with you has all said the same thing that it was like a miracle how how the, the truths were revealed, like, or the understanding of what your truths are were revealed so quickly. Like, it, I literally might have spent two years seeing people over times and and I met you once and, and started dealing with my immediate issues. And it was like that same day. It was like this great understanding. I found it fascinating how you collect the information in order to help people like myself move through evolving ourselves and moving past our blocks and understanding what we're doing that needs to be changed. So could you explain a little bit about how you work? Like I know you use numerology, for example, as some of the information gathering <clears throat> tools in, uh, to achieve what you do. Would you mind explaining a little bit about how you gather your information in order to start working with, with one of your clients?
1: All right. Yes. So I do use numerology as a tool. It uh, allows me to create a profile, which is going to tell me volumes about your character, personality, and even types of challenges, obstacles you will attract in your life in order to grow and evolve. So the numerology is going to show me what type of energies make up yourself. Are you going to have a lot of action energies or highly intuitive energies? And how do you balance those? By being able to show someone what their innate chemistry is all about, it really starts to hit home to people and make sense why they feel the way they feel. It even allows people to understand how they may have squashed themselves. I've seen, for instance, clients that have very leading, pioneering, very strong energies, but they're living a very squashed existence and very unhappy. So once they see, no, this is how you're behaving, but this isn't your truth, this isn't how you really are. It's like people start to wake up and there's the possibility that they don't have to feel so downtrodden. And it's about, then we look at, well, where did it come from? You know, where did the lid get put on? Why do you feel the need to squash yourself? So it's really about people being introduced to their own truth, their own innate energies, and then listening to their stories about where things happened, how they came about. What I find is so interesting, we're not truly taught as we grow up to really listen to ourselves so when I'm working with somebody the thing that I love the most is so often I'm saying to people did you just hear what you said Mm -hmm. that's your answer so lots of times a person's information is falling out of their mouths but we're not taught to truly listen so the one thing that I like to work at getting giving back to people is that ability to hear Mm -hmm. hear what they're saying and hear how they're saying it because lots of times that's your answers yes and the other thing I feel is really important when in this work is that you truly start to see how you create your reality so yes you may be going through a difficult time but how do you own that why have you attracted it what how is it helping you to grow what is it showing you about yourself so that now you own your reality you're a key player in your existence and and I really feel you start to wake up so that you're really you're conscious again and you're present rather than feeling life is just happening to you like things are being done to you no no you're a key player here and if you're unhappy then start recreating Mm -hmm. what do you want to attract So it's a lot of those little pieces building on themselves, but it's about bringing somebody back to where it it really is your life
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and,
1: and enjoy it and have fun with it and, and see the the humor in it sometimes see the craziness that we attract. I know. And, and, and and find out, Oh my gosh, this is what life is trying to help me with. No wonder.
0: I just wanted to, pop back mm-hmm. again to, to numerology. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's different forms of numerology and mm-hmm. uh, the, I, I'm familiar with the Pythagoreans and their belief that uh, everything in the world is uh, reduced to numbers ultimately. Mm-hmm. I, I was wondering, could you explain like what where you gather the numerology information with regards to mm-hmm. birth sure. and, so and then maybe that you may, you were telling me, I thought it was really interesting where your knowledge and background in numerology comes from, which is even uh, further back in history than the mm-hmm.
1: Pythagoreans. Well, I I studied the Python. I always stumble on that word. So (laughs) I studied that (laughs) uh, first. And interestingly enough, a person came into my life and and said, no, no, you should be studying the Kabbalah. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, crap.
0: I just got this. (laughs) I got to start all over
1: again. So I really pushed it aside for a while. But interestingly enough, life spoke to me by not sending me any clients. So I realized I had to get cracking. So I use the Kabbalah. The Kabbalah is is very ancient. It's very old. It goes back to the Chaldean and Babylonian times. So the very original mystics. And it works with far less uh, information. So it's ba- basically four main formulas. It's your full birth date, the date you're born on, your birth name, and what is termed as your public name, the name you go by in present time and use on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm and so i get four main formulas and they are going to show me start to basically illustrate your story what you're all about the energies that vibrate off you but also how people perceive you Mm -hmm. and what they'll pick up on you from you even if you are not using it till its full capacity Mm -hmm. then they'll also receive information from the numbers as to as i mentioned before what types of events in your life you will go through or attract in order to grow and evolve. Mm -hmm. And from there, I'll also ask people like nicknames, abbreviations, because names that people give you throughout life will speak to what they want to bring out in you. Mm. So maybe you've moved away from a certain type of energy and then someone in your teens gives you a name and lots of times it will be an energy that gets brought back out again. It's intriguing because what you also see if there's something that's very much a focus in your life, you'll see the same energies pop up over and over again. Mm -hmm. And and that tells us something more that gives tells me that you really need to focus on something very specific.
0: It's hard for people to understand. And I think um, the proof is in the experience. Because mm-hmm. I know I've got uh, someone I'm thinking of that went to see you who's extremely intelligent, very, very science minded, and only believes in facts, you know, scientific facts and so on. And so she was very skeptical about what you do and how you do it and I'll never forget when she came home from seeing you and she called me up and she said it's like she was in my head like from when I was she you'd given her information about when she was about 12 years old and she was in her late 20s at this time and she said it was like it was so detailed and so specific it was like she had been with me during that time when I was 12 years old and gave me information that was crazy specific and so even someone who was as, uh, as um, skeptical mm-hmm. as her found you know it's a tremendous value in what you can do to help people you know wake up as you say and to, to start seeing and understanding themselves in a whole different way
1: well you know that's very true I think once once I start going over someone's profile I often hear wow this is really accurate like you know, this This is me. Yes, I do do this. Yes, I do feel this way. Yeah. And uh, so that kind of surpasses any kind of skepticism yeah. uh, as to, well, what can numerology possibly do for me? Well, it's a scientific tool. It's the study of numbers. It is. And it's very, very old. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of authenticity in it.
0: I don't know if, ever, if mm-hmm. you saw it or not. Or, it was just something that uh, someone told me about on Netflix and I've been watching. Yeah. It's called Touch and no, it, it, yeah, if you yeah. See, yes it's a it's a show that has um oh, keefer sutherland speaking yeah and, yes, and his, his boy is autistic mm-hmm. and he he sees the world in numbers yes. with patterns and so on mm-hmm. and then there's other people i guess there's 36 people in the world that mm-hmm. that uh, are looking after uh trying to rebalance uh the universe so to speak with their mm-hmm. various skills but it's it's just a really neat story because it 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 really sort of speaks to the concept of of what a role what role numbers and the science behind numbers can play in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when I think back to when I f- first started with you, I felt as though when I look back now, it seems like I was so naive of my true self. And it's interesting to look back because I see how far I've come now. But it's really important for people to know, I think, that that it is layers like you you can't sort of solve all your own problems and all the world problems in one go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it, it's like you can you explain a little bit about this? Because it's like for me, it was as if, you know, you have to you have to peel that layer off deal with it, uh, understand it, live with it, work with the new knowledge, and then eventually another layer is ready to peel. And so when I think about how much I've worked with you, because working with someone like yourself, it's not like it's every week or every, every two weeks. Sometimes I was really stuck in my life and I just, you know, it might have been a relationship issue. It might have been grief from, you know, my my father passed away, still carrying that grief or my brother passing away. It could be relationships, uh, it could be work uh, or what I was doing for my work and, and my career, all kinds of things. But when I felt stuck, like I, like you say, a lot of dumb, stupid things were happening to me. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, oh, so, because I realized, I got started to recognize the signs of it's time to peel another layer off. But it's really important to know that you can't do it all at once and that as you reveal each layer and, and uh, you move on and, and, and then over time, I might've seen you, you know, three weeks in a row. And then I might not have actually might've seen you for five years. I might've lived my life for five years and then got stuck again and see you. So sometimes I see you f- little bursts of frequency and other times it's long stretches. So could you sort of speak to that about yeah. how our, our sort of, our, our opening is, is a layered process?
1: Well, exactly. Uh, you know, <laughs> I like the way you say, you know, something will be introduced to you and, and a light gets turned on and you and it gets figured out. And then you go out and you live that new truth or the, or work with the new information and life goes along really great for a while. And then what happens, you, you think I'm stuck again, or I've got this huge obstacle or life isn't going well. And that, but lots of times it's just life saying, you know what you've been doing so great. Now you're ready for this. Mm -hmm. So we'll attract what gives the appearance of something negative in our lives to alert us to an area that now can can heal. Mm -hmm. So that brings it up to the surface and then you start to take a look at that. So what's this about now? Where has this come from? And it may be the same subject that you were working on two years prior, but it will be at a deeper level. Mm -hmm. And it will give you greater clarity. Or it could be something entirely new. But I really like to say to people that it's life's way of saying you're ready to do more. Mm -hmm. And this is what gets our attention. You know when things are going merrily along it's like everything's as right as rain and all's on course and right with the world and then boom something's something's not right but it doesn't mean you're failing or doing things wrong it's just life way of saying okay let's take a look at this now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and so you get back at it again and work with it digest it and and as you say, I always say to people, you take it back out into the marketplace, like yeah, see, you know, <laughs> live it, put it into play.
0: Exactly. I, a recent struggle I had. Sometimes it fascinates me how it presents itself, and I think it presents itself uh, different ways to appeal to you, right? Like mm-hmm. to something that's going to really resonate with you. And one of it was like I've been a landscape architect for thirty-five years, and it started to become not so enjoyable near the end of my career and, and yet I couldn't let go of it. Like I felt like, you know, that's who I am. I'm a landscape architect and, and I just couldn't let go of it. And then I started having for the first time ever sort of conflicts or problems with my clients and things weren't going as smoothly and the jobs, they're just, I started to not feel the joy anymore in doing my work, but I still didn't let go. And, um, I, I eventually decided I need to talk to Sharon. So so I was explaining how I was feeling. And I remember you uh, talking to me about, you know, it might be time to let that go and shift into something else. And afterwards, I thought, I just can't do that. Like, that's who I am. And so it, it was only like within, it was within a week after me talking to you that I walk my dogs every. As listeners know, I walk my dogs every day and I always walk the same path through this one section of forest. And the day before it had been a very windy day and a huge tree fell down right across my path that I've walked literally Mm -hmm. for the last eight years And I couldn't get through it. It was just like a big maple tree. It was all full of branches and stuff. So I fought my way around and through it and kept going. And then the next day, I had to fight my way through again and go around. And then I saw you again, I think a couple weeks later, and I told you what happened. And it suddenly struck me, with your help, that... It was like a symbol for me that this is the path you've been on for a long time, but it's time to take a new path. Because to me, tree, I'm very, I feel really connected to trees mm-hmm. in particular. So how perfect that the symbol for me was a tree falling down, and I stopped walk. I've never walked that path again. <laughs> no. I've, I've, I created a new one around another way now that wasn't even through that woods anymore. Mm-hmm. And, but it was really great. It was a, it was a really cool way of, of accepting and and understanding that that I do have to change. It's like It was like a little drama for me to, to really ingrain that, yes, you do have to change. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but I like the way you say that the tree falls down in your path and rather than immediately, which is mirroring what you're doing in your day-to-day life, rather than just go, oh, well, I guess we've got to find a new way. You forced yourself over it and th- and around it and through it. Yes. And you did that for a little while and used up all this energy because that's exactly what you were doing in your day to day life. And then finally it was like, no, we can go another way. <laughs> and so it's a great illustration where light where you're really right in there getting all your information and your messages because you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to go another way, so I'm going to climb over this tree. Right. And yeah. take the dogs with me. <laughs> just pull them along. And, and and then, you know, eventually you you can see, you know what, there's an easier way. I don't have to use all this energy up and I'm still going to be me.
0: Mm -hmm. Life Mm -hmm. is
1: just saying, you know, you've done this. It's now it's a new adventure, a new experience, but you're still going to take all of who you've acquired as the landscape architect that still gets to come along with you.
0: Yeah, and you really were great at explaining that because mm. I felt like I was leaving behind my career as a landscape architect, mm. but I didn't sort of acknowledge or recognize all the gifts I had now from being a landscape architect for 35 years and how I might be able to share those with, with others and, and find a new way of, of having purpose or value mm. in my life.
1: Well, and, and I always refer to that as so often we get in our own way. We think other people are in our way, but it's, it's what we adopt that gets in the way. And well, first off, I would be working with someone saying, where does it come from? Where did you adopt that belief system, that attitude? Where does it come from? And I think what also, ha- so under uncovering the source, but also I feel it clicks with people when they talk about what they wish to attract. And then you addressed, the belief system, and you can say they're not congruent. Mm -hmm. So no wonder you're unhappy and feeling you can't move forward in your life because this belief system totally contradicts what you say you would like to attract. And that usually opens up a door for people. It's like, oh my gosh. For instance, if you want to prosper, you want your income to grow, financially be more at ease, but you feel money is the root of all evil. All right, or you don't like people who have money, you see anybody who prospers and does well financially as being snobs or better than, then those belief systems conflict with you moving forward financially. Mm-hmm. And, and by getting to the heart of that, lots of times people just go, oh, okay. It's like it comes to them. They answer it themselves by seeing that the very things they say or believe in, attitudes, expressions are the very things that hinder us the most. Mm -hmm. And then by turning them around, by starting to to pivot into what you do want. Mm -hmm. So when you hear yourself saying something or thinking something that is actually limiting and in your way, then pause and pivot into what you do want to attract. So you have to be willing to retrain your system and trust that it's safe, to make those changes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that there are good people in the world who are financially (laughs) funded. And uh, people who prosper in their careers do good things Mm -hmm. and contribute to the greater good and see what those good role models are. So all of a sudden you too can be part of that.
0: I think it's very important that we look to try and overcome these limiting beliefs. Because when I mentioned earlier about becoming a landscape architect, which is kind of a balance between science and creative, instead of going into being a veterinarian, which was which I was really going to do. When I was working as a landscape architect, I loved it so much. I was so passionate about it. And it was really an expression of me, like 100%. Like it couldn't be my connection to nature and helping people create gardens that they can live in and enjoy and and have as a retreat for themselves. It really resonated with me and I was so happy doing it. It was effortless, like effortless to work. And it it actually was mind blowing to me that people were paying me to do this. Like it's like when you talk about being financially successful if you're living your truth and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing the money just comes because everybody you resonate with everyone that you're working with and they want you to help them and they're happy to pay you and the the benefit of finding that truth for yourself is is that money often becomes a non-issue because it just becomes effortless and the same i think applies with relationships like if you understand what your needs are and what kind of relationship you want the relationships you have with others are also become effortless because you don't really have to try anymore because you're just being yourself. A lot of people not shifting out of that mindset is uh, is is fear based. Uh, I really like. I'm a, a believer in there's only really two emotions. There's mm-hmm. fear and there's love. If you're mm-hmm. coming, because I love my work. When I was coming from that place, life was great. I enjoyed it. I was passionate about it. I got money. Everything was great. When you operate from a place of fear, which unfortunately so many of us do in, in different parts of our lives, it makes it such a, a struggle for, for to, to to try and achieve happiness. Or in relationships, it's it's difficult because if you're operating out of fear and you're, you're the person you're having a relationship with, whether it's a personal relationship or a friend or whatever, they're operating from fear as well. And it's just a heck of a mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's struggling to try and protect themselves and to, and to to protect themselves from the fears they have. And so nothing ever works or flows properly. And you don't have that feeling of ease or that feeling of, of, of everything just flowing naturally. Can you speak a little bit about about fear and how, how do we over, how do how do people over, how can you help people overcome their fears in in their various aspects of life?
1: I like the fact that you touched on there's only two emotions because I really resonate with that as well. And it really sums things up because if you're in doubt, any of those things, that's fear. Any basically anything that's negative is fear and in all positive and all and joy and happiness it's all love. Lots of times it's about addressing the fear. What are you afraid of? Because so often we don't even think we're afraid of something. We could just say, no, I'm angry or I just don't have the confidence or I, they go in all these other routes. But really what it always comes down to is, no, there's a, that's fear. Mm-hmm. So what are you afraid of happening? I feel for a lot of people, it's that trust that a few things, a change is very fearful for a lot. So if you're in a relationship that's not working and you're going to leave that relationship, even if it's a friendship, not a an intimate relationship, it's like, then I'll be alone. All right. I, I won't have anyone. So this is better than nothing. The job that you don't do well in, that you're not happy going to every day. But then what will I do if I don't have this? What if I don't get another job? So it's always that it's better than nothing. At least I have something. So it's about really starting to allow yourself to trust that you deserve. And so often I feel that's what holds people back. The feeling that they're not worthy of things working out well, that they're not deserving of that. And you have to truly work. And I, I guess work will sound kind of harsh, but strive to get basically your own subconscious to release the hold on the fear because your system doesn't want things to get worse for you. So lots of times you will sabotage goodness coming into your life because what if it's worse? Mm -hmm. All right. So you'll make mistakes. Things won't work out because the fear is I don't know what lies ahead and change is considered upheaval. And therefore lots of times people hold themselves back simply because of that. So it's really about getting your brain, your subconscious, which holds all your past, allowing it to trust that it's safe, it's safe to change, it's safe to have joy, and truly just doing it, the old term baby steps, by saying, I'm safe to go forward. I'm ready. I'm ready to have a good life. It's safe for me to have a good life. It's safe for me to be happy, because you want that subconscious hold, all those past memories of where things didn't go right, to start bit by bit releasing the fear and allowing that goodness to come in. And another thing I, I feel really helps with fear is gratitude.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Start taking note of all the little things in your day-to-day life that, that you're happy about, that you're grateful for, that you appreciate, because that starts to move you into a greater area in your life of being able to feel happy, feeling safe, feeling at peace, uh, experiencing joy. And that starts to relinquish that hold of fear on you. And so it's a lot of constantly reinforcing. I think we have to appreciate and respect how many years we may have invested in that fear, Mm -hmm. all right, in those limiting beliefs, in those patterns that we've cultivated. And then all of a sudden you realize this isn't working. I'm not happy. I'm struggling. And you want it all to be gone tomorrow, but your system doesn't know that, doesn't get it, and certainly doesn't welcome it. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing to prepare. I like, I love the quote, I said it to someone the other day, life favors the prepared mind. So you have to prepare yourself for change. You have to prepare yourself for joy. So it's all those simple little steps of constantly reinforcing to this very day, I will shove those little quick little anecdotes in if I'm feeling a little off course or a little down or a little burdened by something, or I'm starting to get a little squeamish in in my own fears. I'll say quick little ones like life gets better every day in every way. Every day in every way, my life is better and better. And I just say that over and over again. I'm at peace with myself. I love who I am. I love the life I have. And you just keep pivoting back. So you go a little off course, you pivot back, you go off course again, you pivot back. And it, it, you might do that a hundred times a day in the beginning, but it's that willingness to say, I'm deserving and I'm worthy and I love myself enough, permit, you know, to allow for change in my life. And those little steps, they truly help you to move away from fear. Mm-hmm. and and everything that comes with that because now you're entertaining another energy and by doing it in little bits and pieces over anything and everything, it relinquishes that hold and then you just start to move. Um, It's like doing without doing. Things just start to unravel and things start to unfold and more goodness comes towards you. I know. I was going to
0: say it's like exponential. Like Mm -hmm. over the years of working with you, I have developed fearlessness. Like it... (laughs)
1: I don't know if I'm there yet.
0: <laughs> it's good that you are. <laughs> Come on, hold my hand, and we'll go to jump yeah. together. But, but really, like I, 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 because I, you taught me how to listen to my gut feelings, mm-hmm. and my gut feelings have never, ever, ever been wrong. It's something I trust completely is my gut feeling, and you taught me how to hear and listen to my gut feeling. And because it's never wrong, the second I feel something and I know in my gut it's the right thing to do. I just do it. I don't even think about it anymore. Like I'm fearless when it comes to moving towards my gut feelings now. Mm. And it has been life changing for me, like, because things are escalated now, like good things happen and things unfold. And, you know, my life shifts and, and my work shifts and all the things I'm doing are shifting so much faster now than when I first started working with you, because I built that trust in my, in my inner voice. And now I can make things happen and change so much faster. One other thing I wanted to move into now, if we could, is because I'm just thinking of how we're talking about us on a individual basis. Mm-hmm. Your work to me in how you help companies and businesses achieve a uh, uh, better balance and, and better interaction between supervisors, managers, and their, their their team and so on is just amazing to me. We, we've had you working with our company for the past uh, many months, maybe a Almost approaching a year now, and the change in the whole company's attitude, and the shift in in the happiness, and the cooperation, and people working together as individual teams, and then working with all the other teams, and it's just been really remarkable to see how the work you've done with our people has changed our company. Would you like to maybe share a little bit about how how you see being able to work with companies, and how you could best apply your your skills to helping uh, helping create a better team at work?
1: Well, what I like about the work is that, first and foremost, someone in their professional environment learns more about themselves. They One, they're going to truly allow themselves to flourish. They're also going to balance and understand why certain things push their buttons a certain way and now how to work with it. It allows them to take greater participation and, I would say, responsibility with the choices they make. So it's not about someone coming to me with an issue where they're unhappy with somebody else. It's about presenting the issue and then, well, what part do you play in it? How did you attract it in order for you to grow? So it's about really coming to terms with what the issue is all about for that particular employee. But the other part of the work that I find really beneficial is knowing the different energies of the team that they're working with and how does their energy work with someone else how does it balance together when it's in balance what are they going to experience with that key person they work with and when it's not in balance what's going to take place so then it puts them in a greater opportunity that if things aren't clicking with that coworker, they have the opportunity to go oh I get why, I get what we've gone into that's not being productive and you stop and you have the opportunity to realign and restart and go back out again. The other thing that I really find it's beneficial for, it allows people to entertain another's perspective, that they have their perspective and it may be very much based on what they've lived prior and what they bring with them into the workplace. I find a lot of times that, People bring a lot of their personal issues into work and that's why work isn't working well, all right? That's why it's not flowing because things that are unsettled or unresolved in your own history, your own story is being created in your work environment. So if you can understand why you trigger those events, why you attract them, where are they coming from, now you're going to shift and change what your work environment is like. So it is going to be a lot happier, more productive, healthier. But the other thing I really find the work uh, does, it allows people, we work on what is your intention? Intention is so key. Why do you do what you do? Why are you here? And when people start to align with what their intention is, if one day work isn't going well, they can stop and go, no, why, why am I here? They come back to that and things start to flow again. Another thing I find that a lot of people in the work environment don't give credibility to is when you ask them the question, how do you feel you contribute? And there's so many people can't answer that question. They don't know how they contribute. They come to work, they do a job, they do what's asked of them, they work hard and they go home. Well, how does that contribute to the greater good? And when people come to to know how their energies contribute to the greater good and what part they truly play all of a sudden they see things through much fresher eyes and they also then will know again when they go off track when it becomes more ego Mm -hmm. and away from the greater good away from their intention and i just feel the more people that work along that line of thought or that line of being you're going to naturally have healthier, more productive, happier work environments. They then, in turn, naturally start to give that to others. Mm-hmm. Greater respect, greater compassion, greater understanding. And the other thing that I feel people really start to implement is the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Lots of times when something isn't going well in your in your professional life, it's because you've got become too close to it. You haven't taken the mm-hmm. opportunity to step back pause and see all the various pieces that are taking place here and and look at it from a bit of a distance and uh, start to make sense of it all and really start to understand what part, again, what part do you play in this scenario mm-hmm. and own it rather than thinking it's, it's someone else?
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, if you're producing a product where you're helping others who have ailments, let's say illnesses, mm. it, it, you can get lost in the fact that, you know, I'm just doing, I'm just this part of a, of an extraction process, extracting the oil and you lose track of the fact that everyone in this place is putting all their pieces together to create something that you can take and extract mm-hmm. oil from for example and then that oil you know we have you know hundreds of emails of people saying how it's brought them a life their life back again like they, mm-hmm. they they weren't able to function before and now thanks to this you're able to they're able to have a normal life again or happy life again and you lose track of what you know if you're making a product for example the end user, you know what what are you doing for them, and what, your little piece has an, a critical role in it. Everyone's little piece mm-hmm. has a critical role. None of it could happen without you. Like mm-hmm. everyone is important. Mm-hmm. You can't take away people out of that sequence of events and end up with your your final product at work, whether it's a service or a product. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, being more aware of how you're contributing to the whole, and and that, and then always, you know, if things are starting to get sort of too focused and too petty, let's say. Again, you have to pull out, like you were saying, and look at the big picture here. This isn't about me and my little having to be right. It's mm-hmm. about it's about what's best for the company so that we can produce this service or this product mm-hmm. to these people who need us.
1: The other point that I, I feel the work really lends itself to as well is that when you're working with a team of people in a company and I put together all their profiles, I it's it's a given pretty much that like attracts like. That's a universal law. So what you can also see is when a group of people come together, there will more often than not be a predominant energy in the group. And I really feel that that is beneficial to a company to know what type of group they have attracted. Mm-hmm. Whether you've got a lot of people with a very pioneering, get up and go kind of spirit, or you've got a whole group that are very, very much predominantly visionaries. So they need an active vision that that energy goes back and attracts like towards them. So it, it really allows you to see what type of group you've attracted into your workforce and how do you work with that energy to its fullest potential. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to ask you a couple of other little questions just so
0: we sort of have a a sense of of who you are. And (laughs) I wanted to ask you, have you ever failed at anything?
1: Yes. Yes, I have. (laughs) These days, I'll tell you something long ago, but serves me very well to this day. And something I've shared with quite often with people is that one thing I, I truly had to come to terms with and, and learn about was that I went many years struggling incredibly. I went through a pretty horrific divorce and struggled financially, and uh, I was the key player in that struggle, and that I had this lovely belief system that if the, my ex-partner would just do his part, everything would be well. So I created a reality that supported that. He wasn't doing his part. Because he wasn't doing his part, my life couldn't be good, so therefore I struggled. So the focus was always that it was his fault. We struggled so much because he didn't contribute. Mm-hmm. But I realized that I supported all of that as well. And I was part of creating that reality that was so difficult for me. And so I often share with people now, and in more, lots of times with women in this similar situation, that... It's very important that you only support what you truly wish to attract. When we decide that one person is the answer to us doing well, and if they don't take part, we can't have goodness, we can't flourish, we can't prosper, then there's a huge limitation. I was in the way of my life being a lot easier. And when I released that it was all focused on that one individual and just focused that I could attract prosperity and health and wellness and my bills were paid on time and with ease and very simplistic concepts, my life then shifted. And uh, that I felt was a a huge part Mm -hmm. and a huge limitation. That, I failed for a long time <laughs> because I was so stuck on that that was my solution.
0: Yes. yes. And,
1: and that is huge limitation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. And eventually. And I was in my way. Yeah. Nobody else was. It was me.
0: I have a, a, a couple of words that are really special to me and they have great meaning. What would you say is your favorite word?
1: Well, flight, that always comes to mind. <gasps> flight. Is, is flight. And that's that's my, I also call that my power mm-hmm. word. I think just uh, birds, wings, it just always the concept of lifting up mm-hmm. and and allowing yourself. And it's sort of part of the bigger picture, but just the ability to lift up above things.
0: So we all have our passions in life. Sharon, can you share with us perhaps what your passion is in your life?
1: Well... I'm really passionate about being awake and and being aware. I I love what it brings in the sense that the more awake you are to your life and the more aware of things around you, you will see so much more. I get so excited when I know because I've I feel acquired this that you turn your head at the right time or you walk past someone on the street and you hear a conversation. And that the words that that person says are your next message. Uh, That excites me Mm -hmm. because I feel that now you're a part of it. You're a part of your life more and you get to actually witness how things fall into place. Being in the right time in the right place. I get very excited over that like mm-hmm. i and i will share that with people do you realize i'm here and i just turn my head and i see this and that's my next step and and see <laughs> it's i get excited like the tree falling in the woods right, right. Like it's just it's being like, aware of that hello this is this is for me. You know, when you start to own your life more, take greater responsibility of it, you really, truly start to wake up to that. And then you move into that realm where things, you're part of the magic. Mm -hmm. You're part of those spontaneous, serendipity, crazy moments that, you know what, if you weren't awake, you would have missed it.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: You just would have missed it. Yeah. You know, just gone merrily along and... You're you're missing a lot of what you're all about and how it all comes into play.
0: I always remain uh, conscious or aware of things around me like that. I had this really strong, just vision in my mind of a tiger's face. And uh, uh, this was around the time when, uh, just after my brother had died actually. And uh, I had this tiger's face image that came to me at some point during the day. And then the next morning I went walking out and I still can't believe this happened. Like I live out in the middle of nowhere in the country and I'm walking along my path as always, same path with the dogs. Well, the new version of the path around the tree, but. (laughs) And it was in the middle of one of the hay fields. There lying in the field on my path was an orange balloon with tiger stripes on it and the string still attached. And the string had gotten caught up in the grass. Wow, that's like the weirdest thing ever. So I untangled the ribbon and I walked along with this helium balloon that's got a tiger pattern on it. And I walked all the way carrying this balloon and brought it home again with me. And I thought that is so amazing. And I thought, I'm Winnie the Pooh. And it was such a connection to me To I think it it was more related to my brother because my brother was such a big kid and children loved him. And he had such the spirit of the child in him. It was unbelievable. And finding that little balloon and walking around with it, bringing it home, really connected me to that gift that he had and that I need to... To, to express and carry that gift forward uh, as well. So that brings us to the end of another episode. Sharon, I want to thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today. It's always a pleasure and uh, and, and always an enlightening experience for me uh, spending time with you. So thank you very much. And I wondered if you'd like to perhaps share with our listeners how they can get in touch with you.
1: Uh, first, I want to say thank you as well, Lynn. This was wonderful. It was great getting together with you and yes if you're interested and you'd like to contact me it's simply sharoncook.com and sharon is s-h-a-r-o-n and cook has an e so it's c-o-o-k-e thank Um, you great
0: thank you so much Sharon. if you want more information on what was talked about on today's show you can head over to the show page at deadsetonliving.com Be sure to subscribe to the Dead Set on Living podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. That way you'll always be up to date whenever a new episode is released. As a listener, you are vital to the success of our show. By leaving a rating and review, you'll help us reach more people and continue to put out kick-ass content. Also, every time you leave a rating or review, a fairy in the forest will get its wings. But seriously, what you think is important to us and to the growth of our show. Until next time, live life and be well.